The Beers and Ears podcast is sponsored by Riss and Cal. This holiday season in your search for stocking stuffers, you don't have to be like the Mad Titan, scouring the universe to collect all six stones. Instead, find all the tech accessories you need for your friends and family in one place. Whether it's wireless neck fans for those warm days at the studios, or a waterproof case for when you're searching for that wandering rabbit, they've got an entire assortment. When you go to fourfrills.com shop, that's the number four, P-H-R-I-L-L-S dot com slash shop. Select your items and then use coupon code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S at checkout. You'll get 15% off your purchase. Don't forget that proceeds of the purchase go to help nonprofits and a portion of the proceeds help to support the Beers and Ears podcast as well. So head on over to fourfrills.com and use that promo code today to get a jump start on your holiday shopping. Let's start the show. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. There was an idea to bring together 23 episodes of a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe so that when we needed it, we were ready for the premiere of Black Widow. This is That Podcast. And now for your hosts of the Beers and Ears Podcast, here's Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to day 10 of the Infinity Saga series. My name is Matt. And my name is Casey. We are talking about the ninth uh, MCU movie to be made in the series, but the 10th in chronological order, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Matt, I am so excited to talk to you about this movie today uh you got my text last night as i was watching it i I believe my exact words were wow it has literally been since this came out in theaters that i've watched this and i will tell you i forgot how good of a movie this movie is it really is and so what i love about this movie are two things overall I love tons of things, but overall, two things. The first is, as a mild comic book fan when this movie came out, the reveal of Bucky as the Winter Soldier was not a surprise. And in Mm -hmm. fact, even for, I think, casual fans, that was not like a twist that everyone was like, oh, oh, didn't see that coming. And so I went into this movie with the idea that, you know, that's going to be the twist and... And I, I, I'll, I'll just act really surprised and I'll still enjoy the movie, but I'll know, I'll see the twist coming. And then the twist that Hydra has infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. and has taken over, I remember seeing the theater going, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so the fact that they fooled us all was just awesome. And the second thing, this is the first MCU movie that kind of takes on a different genre it's a political thriller the movies up until now have felt like a generic comic book movie whereas this takes on another genre just in a comic book universe and it works i'm a hundred percent in agreement. i know the last couple of episodes 
we have ragged on Iron Man 3 and Thor to Dark World, and, and rightfully so. Those movies were, in our opinion, subpar to what MCU, what Marvel Studios was was capable of doing. But then we get to this, and honestly, Matt, in my text to you last night, I believe I used the word or the phrase absolute masterpiece. I don't have anything negative to say about this movie. I really don't. Though, you know, when I looked at the length of it, I was like, oh my God, this movie is, you know, over two, two hours and 10 minutes long, you know, but it, it goes by so fast. And, and again, having not seen this movie since it came out, you know, six years ago or whatever, I was on the edge of my seat. I completely forgot the plot. Yes, I knew that you know, Hydra had infiltrated shield. I remember that from the plot and I remember vaguely the winter soldier part of it, which ironically, by the way, the fact that this is called the winter soldier, he's barely in the movie. Let's be very honest with you. He's, he's in it, but the amount of screen time he gets is so small comparative to the other plot elements of the movie. But I was on my feet or I'm on the edge of my seat the entire time watching this movie last night just what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? The action sequences were so well-timed. Uh, the dialogue was not clunky in any way. Uh, it, it doesn't, and you know what? It doesn't surprise me. And here's why it was directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, who went on to direct Captain America civil war, another acclaimed movie in the MCU, and then went on to direct infinity war. And of course, Endgame. And when you think about tentpole franchises in this movie or in this, in this world, those four that I just named are some of the tentpole movies of the franchise. And it, it, honestly, you're right. The the shift from space-time, you know, out-of-this-world environment into a political thriller. I love political thrillers. And, you know, the villain is not the Winter Soldier. The villain ends up being Pierce. This is one of those times where I think your theory on some of the best movies have have villains that kind of, you know, come out of the screen, you know, and, and kind of are much bigger and overarching. This is one of those times where you don't have that, but it still works. Yeah. And absolutely. I think the callback to, to the original Captain America uh, to, to have uh, uh, Dr. Zola in there in the machine, which is a direct reference from what I researched to the comic book itself to have him the sentient computer. But so the extra creep factor of the old computers made it that much creepier. So I just, they did such an amazing job. Rogers, Stephen, born 1918. Romanov, Natalia Alianovna, born 1984. It's some kind of recording. I am not a recording, Fräulein. I may not be the man I was when the captain took me prisoner in 1945, but I am. You know this thing? really did not know who you could trust when you go to Fury's words of don't trust anybody. I remember now clearly I trust black widow, but back then I wasn't sure if I could trust black widow again, agent 13. I wasn't sure if she could be trusted. Right. So there were, you know, uh, Maria Hill, could she be trusted? You know? So you, you, I remember thinking through all these things going, 
man, when I was watching this originally, it truly was a, okay, who do you trust? Cap is a fish out of water kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's very well done. And even the commentary on how people willingly share their information and how there are, it, it really makes you think about, well, wait, am I oversharing information? And is that allowing someone to take advantage of me? And like, it, it, it's a movie that gets you to think but still really, really fun. And and I have to say the opening of this movie is awesome because so many movies like this start with the scene of them taking the ship. Whereas this starts with just Sam Wilson running and Captain America and they do the joke on your left, which gets uh. a ton of uh, use in future movies. On your left. On your left. Uh-huh. On my left. Got it. On your left. Hey, Captain Raimi. Captain Sam, can you hear me? On your left. And then they ramp into the mission. And I think that that is such a bold choice in how to start that movie and it works so well. There are moments in this movie and I was reading up on this last night where the Russo brothers, they purposely filmed certain parts, certain scenes in this movie to play as almost self-contained scenes in the movie to the point to where it was this action adventure. Um, I don't even know how to describe it, but if you can think about some of the scenes that were some of the most compelling scenes in this movie. The takedown of the ship was one of them. The director Fury's car being attacked by the different cop tar- cars. You don't, I mean, you didn't know when it was going to end. You did. It, it was like literally around the next corner. Here comes the next thing. Here comes the next thing. Here comes the truck. The, the scene when the truck completely dismantled those cop cars, right? You know, him, you know, saying, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. And then when the window integrity gets to 1% and he starts shooting, like it, it, it played like a friggin' thriller. And then there's the elevator scene, right? Which again, uh-huh. gets called back to an end game, but Holy smokes, you could see these people keep coming on, coming on in that bead of sweat. I mean, it almost felt it felt almost like a Quentin Tarantino type, you know, you know, moment of all the how he took down all those characters. And then, you know, beyond that, take the scenes out of it. The movie plays like a miniature Avengers. And because of all the different characters at play, Captain America, Black Widow, Fury, Maria Hill, right? Again, Bucky Barnes. Then you've got Rumlow, who eventually, you know, eventually potentially could become Crossbones, which is a character that eventually could come out of this, right? So, you know, when you start to look at these different characters, again, Zola comes back. It plays like a miniature Avengers. Uh, Falcon, of course. I mean, how can I forget Falcon? He gets introduced, which I think he has one of the best origin stories based in this movie, you know, and it doesn't feel contrived. It just feels natural. It feels like Cap makes a friend. He's in the Avengers now, right? It it truly was, it, it was really good. And I also love that Captain loosens up in this a little bit. I think I was probably a little jaded on Captain America on some of the episodes, some of the movies post Civil War, 
because of what happens in Civil War, he hardens a lot. It's nice to see him loosen up, be a little bit more jokey, to see a little bit more of not just the captain personification, but Steve Rogers come out a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Um, because you've got like the goody two shoes of his origin story and in the Avengers. And then you have this post-Civil War hardened, understands how the world works now, Captain America. And this is a nice in-between, to be honest with you. So, you know, the notebook that he pulls out when he's first talking to Sam early on um, yeah. about the various things that he's got to do. Did you know, uh, I'm going to read this little thing that came from Wikipedia. One of the various changes for localization, in other words, based on where it was going to premiere, was the contents of Captain America's notebook list seen at the beginning of the film. The first five items were different depending on where the film was released while the final five items were the same across all of the prints. Marvel held online polls, allowing fans to select the items featured based on the country's release. I did know that. Uh, I think that's that a really cool touch. I think so too. I just, I think it's a, it's, it's Marvel getting more confident in their skin and, and, and a nod of the fans of, we want to make this for you. This is for you. I just, I thought that was really cool. Now uh, I know we've talked about a lot of favorite parts, but did you have a favorite part? They're, they're all, they're all just the whole movie is, is amazing. I, I think that his ethic of saving Bucky not killing him, even if it meant that he would die, just goes to show the the type of person that he is, you know, in that line, you know, till the end of the line, it just made me tear up. I also liked uh, Pierce's, he had, he had a line, which I don't know if they did this on purpose, but it, it did seem like a direct thorough put all the way through to Thanos later on, where he talks about sacrificing 20 million for the piece of 7 billion. Yeah. And it, it just, kind of reminded me of kind of a mini Thanos logic, which again, by this point, I know Feige was already thinking about where this was going, even though we're not, we're not even halfway through it at that point yet. I just, I can't imagine that that was not put there without the intent of where this was going as a franchise at some point. This is, I I did not realize it, but this is the first movie that Stephen Strange gets mentioned in. Yeah, this is when you first hear the idea of Doctor Strange. And I remember that being a huge thing when when uh, Jasper Sitwell says his name. I'm like, ooh, that's yeah. so exciting. Yeah. So let's algorithm is a program. For choosing insights targets. What targets? You, a TV anchor in Cairo, the other secretary of defense, a high school valedictorian in Iowa City, Bruce Banner, Stephen Strange, anyone who's a threat to Hydra. Now, we're in the future. In the future? How could it know? (laughs) How could it not? At the end, when Black Widow is releasing all the stuff to the internet, and Nick Fury surprises Pierce that he's still alive, and his line of, You need to keep both eyes open. Oh man, do I love that line. It's so well done. It's so good. <laughs> That's great. It. I, it was kind of cool to see him take the eye patch off and and having the history of what knowing what happened with with Goose all the way back in Captain Marvel now. 
Yeah, I will say I think that's one of the minor, like this is nitpick, minor letdowns of knowing that where it's like, I trusted someone that's how I lost this eye. It's like a, a cat, like, I don't know, that that just doesn't land for much as me. It did seem a little retconny, I guess, to have it happen later on with Captain Marvel. You're right. Like you trusted Goose, but I, it works. I mean, he's not technically, technically yeah. wrong, I guess, yeah. but so yeah. I, no, it was good. It was... <laughs> I do have one problem with this movie. Okay, so climax of the movie. They figure out that there's three helicarriers that are going to kill 20 million people. And and Sitwell mentions Bruce Banner, Doctor Strange, or Stephen Strange. And so presumably a lot of the Avengers are on that list. To me, this seems like one of those times where once they figured out what this is going to happen, that they should be like... Hey, Tony Stark, you know, we've got this problem. Can you just come take down some helicarriers? Otherwise, 20 million people are going to die. This is where the problem of, okay, we've said that the Avengers now know each other. Why why aren't we calling in the Avengers to take care of this problem? Why are we relying on Falcon, Cavs America, and Black Widow to put these chips into the helicarriers that then target each other? why aren't we just giving a call to Tony Stark and saying, Hey, can you blow some helicarriers out of the sky for us, please? Thanks. The answer is in Iron Man three. He blew all his suits up. I mean, if you think about where we left Iron Man three is at, presumably at this point in, in the timeline, Tony's not Iron Man anymore. I, I, I and, mean, and I know that some of it too, is just how the real world and movies works that you can't, have every actor be in every movie from here on out. Like that's not how this works. And even comic books operate this way where there's definitely a shared universe, but there's other stuff going on at a different time. But that's the only thing with that. But, and, and, and by way of contrast, you get into Avengers age of Ultron and we'll talk more about that one in a little while. But the opening scene of that is the Avengers are all together taking down a bunker that might house Loki's scepter. Mm-hmm. Like that brings the Avengers together, but death of 20 million people. Nah, no, 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 no need to assemble everybody. It's fine. We got this everybody, but no, I think you're right. I think the realities of the real world, I think, and Thor's off on a different planet at this point, and that would make sense. you know, and Tony Stark again, where we left him in Iron Man three, theoretically, he may not have any suits at this point, right? He blew them all up. So, you know, we talked about how weird that was you know, two episodes ago, you know, this is one of those moments where, Hey, those 42 suits you just blew up, you know, might be useful in this instance. Right. But, uh, but, but, you blew but it's them okay. Up. Pepper Potts now feels validated and everything like exactly. that. Exactly. You know, and Bruce Banner, who the heck knows where he's at. And uh, actually I read that they had talked about possibly having Hawkeye in this, but there just wasn't, According to the, the the writing, I guess there just wasn't enough for him to do, so they they gave all that stuff to Black Widow. I can see what you're saying, but again, I think it plays. I think it plays better this way because it it gives us. From what I read about one of the reasons why they kind of teamed Cap and Black Widow up together is all of the other Avengers have their respective family and friends in in universe to go back to. Cap does not. Yeah. Cap Cap's universe is 70 years old at this point, right? So, and they're all dead. I mean, he's got Peggy Carter, um, who, you know, who's, you know, aged at this point. And by the way, speaking of Peggy Carter, did you know that Agent 13 
is technically supposed to be her granddaughter. Yeah, they 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 make her her niece, I believe, in this okay. universe. Um, okay, I, I just I, maybe I knew that and didn't realize it or whatever, but I just I read that I'm like, oh, oh, interesting. So it ends up being, or I guess in the comics is a love interest to Cap at some point. Yeah, um, and they they kind of tease it in Civil War, um, which we'll again we'll get to in a little while. But and yeah. and let me say that 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 is a nitpick of of yeah. that whole rant that I just went on because and you laid out that there's actually maybe logical reasons that yeah the Hulk is probably hard to find yeah Iron Man may not have suits or could he not get there in time mm-hmm. and because they're underground at that point do they, are their communications bugged and all this other stuff in watching that movie again last night gosh this is a top three for me. You know, honestly, looking at it from my perspective, I loved Infinity War. I loved Endgame. The thing about those two movies is they are so massive. They're so, you, you, you can't just watch one without the other. It's too hard. So it's a it's a six hour just about undertaking uh, five and a half hour to, to take on both of those behemoths. It is an emotional roller coaster. It makes you feel sad. It makes you feel happy. There's so much going on. Where this movie is wrapped up in about two hours and 10 minutes, it reminds me of the Italian job. It reminds me of Ocean's Eleven, those caper type movies that you can just put on and just have a good old time. So for that reason, I would put this as my number one Marvel movie. I have no arguments against that. It's it's a, I, I unlike you, I've watched this movie a ton since it came out because I love this movie. It's so good. And yeah. I mean, and there's more reasons that I mean, I could go on for another uh, hour or so about all the stuff that I love. We're movie. coming up and on our 23 minute mark at this point. We, so you can't do we, that. <laughs> we simply don't have time to go through this. But I mean, we, we've touched on a ton of stuff. There's so much of this movie to love. It's, it's the perfect balance of action and intrigue, and it's so well done. And I referenced this yesterday. It also was the moment that I felt like Marvel Studios went, no, we're not just going to mail it in now. We're going to continue making quality films. And in fact, we're going to make even better films than what we were making. And it's just going to keep going up. Quality is going up, everybody keep on board and 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 that's that's what continued to happen so tomorrow on tap we have kind of a first an introduction of brand new characters that we have not already been you know introduced to and that is guardians of the galaxy we're gonna learn about star lord and groot and rocket raccoon and 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 all the characters of that universe Uh, a movie that we believe marvel probably did not expect to be as popular as it was that became beloved among the fans that is what we're going to spend some time reviewing tomorrow Um, we're going to go ahead and call it quits today because we're right up against that 23 minute mark if you need to get a hold of us beers and ears 1928 at gmail.com Twitter and Instagram, Instagram, Beers Ears 1928. And check us out on the Facebook group at Beers and Ears Podcast. All right, guys, it's been a great show, and uh, we will see you guys tomorrow. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.